0: Welcome to the back room. I'm Andy Ostroy very excited about our show today. We have Tim Miller, but first let's get to two big things Taken as a whole the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection In fact, it demolishes that claim and that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it the crowd was enormous A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. That was uh, Tucker Carlson on his show Monday night. Uh, This was the culmination of his week-long investigation after uh, House Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy gave him 44,000 hours exclusive access to those 44,000 hours of, of videotape from, from January 6th. Uh, I, how could he do that? How could two years later, after all we know, after all we've seen, after 500 people uh, uh, pleading guilty, like, is it, is it that Tucker Carlson is out of his mind? Or is it that he thinks the audience is so stupid? Like what is the end goal here? And this is all done, by the way, in the middle of a one point six billion dollar defamation suit where this Monday night, Tucker Carlson is basically saying, fuck you, Dominion, fuck you, suit. Like, I'm just gonna keep doing it. Like they're still doing they're still spreading this big lie, even even knowing that there's serious legal and financial consequences that are gonna result from it.
1: I mean, Tucker's problem started, I think, long before this, and uh, his mom left him when he was six years old. And then <laughs> when she died, she left him and his brother $1, and he sued to get the estate, uh, and he won, actually. Uh, so it, we see this over and over again. Trump's parents were awful, and this is how we got Trump. And Tucker's parents were awful, and this is how we got Tucker. He, is, he has no shame whatsoever, and there's no bottom.
2: But there are a lot of people whose parents are awful and they're resilient and they're not poisonous traitors.
1: Yeah, I grew
0: up in the ba- Brady Bunch house. You know what I mean? I'm not calling insurrectionists sightseers. I, I think mean, that's where it
1: fuck? started. Uh, he, he had to do a lot of it on his own.
0: What I wonder, though, is if I'm some dude named Joe sitting in my house flipping open my beer can after I come home from a hard day's work and I see Tucker Carlson say that, does it ever register in my head, like, I I've seen the video, like, twenty eight percent people weren't sightseers, like, or do they just go, yep, that's right, they they were they were sightseers, like, you know, when I go sightseeing, I I beat the shit out of cops when I go to the Disneyland, and like I I just it's just crazy to me, all of it is crazy to me.
2: Well, it could be spun, you know, the way that Tucker Carlson had said. You know, either it was Antifa or they're just cherry picking. And it validates what he's been saying all along.
0: Uh, No, I get that. But it's just like there is countless hours of videotape of thousands of people storming the Capitol, beating the shit out of cops, stealing things, desecrating and, and destroying property walking through the hallways. Where's Nancy? We're coming to you. Hang my pants. Like, Uh,
1: it's like that old Richard Pryor routine. Are you going to believe me or are you lying eyes? I think you have to just look at the ratings for Fox News. And they are old white men who constitute the 28% Trump MAGA base. And essentially, he's catering to them. And we know this from his comments that have come out in the Dominion lawsuit that, uh, Really feeding the lies to that base is the core of what keeps Fox News from losing its viewership to Newsmax and OAN.
0: It's just astounding. It is absolutely astounding. And it's even more unconscionable what what McCarthy did to fuel this. Absolutely.
1: I mean, what McCarthy did was, was 70 years ago that we had a Boston lawyer talk to another McCarthy and say, have you no shame? Right. And we know this McCarthy has no shame.
0: So let's get to our second big thing of the week, uh, CPAC, or what, what I like to call uh CPAC-a-con.
1: You will get rid of bad and ugly buildings. I want a baby boom. Oh, you men are so lucky out there. They want
0: all electric stoves all over the country, but we don't have the electric power for that. The wall was sitting there waiting to be installed, the easiest
1: part. They actually took it away and they hid it. They put it in a hiding area. All we do is investigate everybody. You ever see television? I was the only president in modern history who did not have any new wars, no new wars. I finished some old ones.
0: They want windmills all over the place that ruin our fields, kill our birds. That dude needs to be in an institution.
2: Mike Pence, what do you think of that?
0: Well, Jen, that's a really good question. I, I was watching I, I you know, I said to mother uh when she caught me masturbating in the bathroom, which of course I insisted I was I was thinking of her at the time, not um very oily, greased up, very tan his, Hispanic men. You know, CPAC isn't what it used to be, Jen. I mean the American people know it as a place where conservatives used to go and be conservative. Now it's just a bunch of cosplayers, uh dressed like humans, saying some really, really, really weird things. Um, it's very disturbing.
1: So CPAC, it's like a clown show. It's, it's only just sort of the essence. It's, it's, it's purified essence of what it has been. And Trump has purified it to that point of insanity. I mean, you, you've got, I, you know, I mean, Junior, Donald Trump Jr. was
0: making fun of, he, he said the Pencil, people in Pennsylvania elected a vegetable. I mean, well, this is the family they want to put back
1: in the White House. Can we get to the best part where Nikki Haley got heckled? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't believe
0: that for a second. <laughs> Nikki Haley getting heckled at CPAC. What is he talking about with windmills and gas stoves? And he's fine. You know, the P- MAGA people, if they went to a barbecue and like Uncle Lenny, said those things. They'd all be like in a corner drinking a beer going, What the fuck is up with Uncle Lenny? has anybody been like taking
1: him to a doctor or anything? Is he on like fucking Prozac? but what, what's up with Uncle Lenny? I think talking about fucking gas stoves and windmills? Matt Pryn does not need to write a script. He just read it verbatim. Oh There's no God. need for a script. I
2: was so, thinking that too the exact same thing.
0: So uh we have an honorable mention this week with some breaking news last week. We we learned that it's looking pretty likely that Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg is going to indict Donald Trump. Uh, And we know that because, uh, apparently, according to the legal minds that we speak to, when a DA uh, invites someone in to testify before the grand jury, especially if he is the subject of the investigation, that signals not only that the investigation is coming to an end, but that an indictment is imminent. And uh, Michael Cohen and other people have surmised that March is going to be the the month that Trump gets indicted. But as Ellie Honig, who was on here recently, and others uh, in the legal profession have said and reminded us of many times, there's a big gap between indictment and conviction. And so we're all going to be excited when he gets indicted, but the, the goal is to have him ind- convicted. But an interesting question uh, arises about what happens if he is indicted and he's hiding at... Uh, that bed bug infested place down in Florida, Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago. Um, (laughs) all right. Allegedly bed bug infested. I don't want to be sued by Donald Trump. Uh, This is what I heard. There's bed bugs and other things, but allegedly, uh, and, and, uh, You know, can he be automatically extradited? Like, he has to be arrested. When you're indicted, you get arrested. But, you know, Manhattan DA's office doesn't have jurisdiction in Florida. So they have to work with the Florida authorities, uh, Governor Ron Meatball DeSantis, and he has to either sign off or not on sending Trump back to New York. Now, there's laws on the books dating back from the 1700s and, and most recently of Couple, you know, dec- three decades, three or four decades ago, I think nineteen eighty seven. The answer, the short answer, is yes, he has to do it, but but we're, we're we're sort of seeing now that he can
1: delay. Prediction: He delays as much as he can because he wants to play to the MAGA base, and he will simply say that this is a sham, and eventually, of course, he'll be ordered to, and he'll be, of course, secretly very happy to. Extradite Trump, but I think he will delay this indefinitely.
0: Yeah, and there's also you know, a lot of political currency to be earned, perhaps. You know, I mean, think about it. If Don, if if Governor DeSantis says I refuse to turn over Trump, but he knows that he has to, but it's probably going to take a week for a federal court to issue that mandate. It's a no lose for him. No, then lose. he gets to say, "Hey, he magas." I, I. I tried to protect Donald Trump. The courts Trump. are rigged, he'll yeah. say. So no loose situation for him. You no know? Lose. Um So that brings us to uh, winners and losers. Who wants to start?
1: Uh, my winner this week is New York State Attorney General Letitia James. She just won a civil case against the far-right despicable duo of Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman. Uh, they violated federal and state civil rights laws by using a robocalls to suppress black votes during the 2020 election. Um, And my loser is the wonderful Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. This week, she actually signed a law that rolls back significant portions of the state's child labor protections. The new law eliminates requirements for the state to verify the age of children younger than 16. So now if you're 10, you can work very hard in Arkansas. So I guess you're a winner.
2: Mm -hmm. I I was thinking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, too, but... um, I'm going to just phone it in and be the master of the obvious here with my loser. It's Fox News for being a lie machine that poisons and contaminates reality and the truth for ratings and money. And I'm just going to put a hard stop there. I I don't I can't even go on. My Winner this week is Representative Eric Swalwell for calling out Representative Jim Jordan, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, for his January 6th hypocrisy with subpoena compliance.
0: My winner this week is Michigan's House of Representatives, who, despite Republican objections, voted to repeal a right-to-work law, codify LGBTQ rights, and expand gun background checks all in one day. This is what happens when a state is fully controlled by Democrats. My loser, Tucker Carlson. Don't need to say any more. Which brings us to our weekly rant, which is going to be a little longer than usual. We now know through the release of various court filings in the $1.6 billion Dominion defamation suit against Fox News that the Fox News, the fake news network, is in serious legal trouble. Rupert Murdoch and his primetime hosts and producers knew Donald Trump's big lie they relentlessly pushed was utter bullshit. A nightly campaign of malice and intent The very two things crucial in in proving defamation. But wait, it gets worse. This week we witnessed perhaps the most egregiously anti-American Putin-esque propaganda with the released Monday night of Tucker Carlson's video report following his week-long investigation after being given exclusive access to 44,000 hours of January 6th video coverage by House Majority Coward Kevin McCarthy. This is what Carlson told his viewers. Quote, The video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. The problem is the MAGAs only watch Fox. It's their only source of news. And that's the danger of Carlson's rewriting of history. There's no counter-narrative. Carlson's report was quickly condemned by several Senate Republicans. Mitch McConnell said, it was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that completely at variance is at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here in the Capitol thinks. South Dakota Senator Mike, Senator Mike R- Round said, I thought it was an insurrection at the time. I still think it was an insurrection today. And North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis was pretty pissed off when he said, I think it's bullshit. I was here. It is bullshit. Murdoch knew it. Carlson knew it. Sean Hannity knew it. They all knew it. Yet they rammed this bullshit down viewers' throats every night because they feared Trump and his brainwashed MAGA base and ultimately saw green over red, white, and blue. Because in the end, old Rupert cares more about the Benjamins than he does America's fragile democracy. But unfortunately, Fox viewers, from the MAGA extremists, To the middle of the road, grandmas and grandpas sitting in their Lazy Boys sipping the Kool-Aid while munching on their fuck Brandon bars will never know the truth because they're addicted to America's version of state TV. Let's bring out Tim Miller. Tim is the Bulwark's writer-at-large and the author of the best-selling book, Why We Did It, a travelogue from the Republican Road to Hell. He was previously political director for Republican Voters Against Trump, communications director for Jeb Bush in 2016 and spokesman for the Republican National Committee in 2012. He is an MSNBC political analyst and host of Not My Party on Snapchat. He has written about politics for Rolling Stone, The Ringer, and Playboy, and he's also appeared on several episodes of Showtime's The Circus. Tim, welcome into the back room. Hey, brother. Good to be back. Thanks for coming back. So I was speaking about coming back, I was very happy to see you back on The Circus. And I'm not talking about CPAC. I was happy to be back. I'm not talking the about circus. the CPAC circus. I'm talking about the circus circus on Showtime. But you did go to CPAC. But before I ask you about that, is this? I know I asked you last time you were on. Like, is this like are we becoming a like a professional official co-host or are we still in the? flirtation am, am,
3: I, am I a clown am I one of the official clowns of you... the circus that's a good question a trapeze artist well I don't know if you're if you follow entertainment news much Andy with all of your political news hobby, hobby but Showtime is being bought by like Paramount which is owned by some other conglomerate which is owned by the shine Wig company and um and so <laughs> a lot of things are in flux over with our friends at Showtime so, so... I, I don't think that is the show not good? It may not be
0: aired anymore or.
3: Well, no, I mean the show's still on. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to create any news. I'm just saying that like, there's a lot of uncertainty Um, with, with what's happening with Showtime. They, they, uh they did get, uh, get rid of some of the other shows and some of the stuff. They're, they're now lobbying it into the Paramount plus app, you know? So for people who want to watch the circus, they don't have to be like, is this on Paramount or is this on Showtime anytime? Or is this on the other Showtime? You know? So there's just, uh there's corporate, Stuff happening that is well above my pay grade. It's just a, you know, a guy that you put it, you put something in the teleprompter, and I say what it says. And so, anyway, I, I don't know. Hope I'm hoping that uh, that everything gets ironed out for 24. I can be more involved on a permanent basis, but I, there are a lot of, a lot of moving parts that are outside of, outside of my control. So in the meantime, I'm just gonna pop on when they want to have me. Well, I love the show and I love you on
0: it. And I want to ask you about that because you were on Sunday night's Thank episode. You. you went to see CPAC. You had a, a couple of interesting moments with Gorka and Carrie Lake. Mm-hmm. So Gorka, you tried to ask a question and uh, he, he calls you a dickhead or something like...
3: Yeah, Gorka called me a dickhead. So that's kind of a takes one to know one situation. Or maybe it's a he who smelt it dealt it situation. I don't know. But yeah, Gorka, I, there are a couple that didn't make the show. You know, we were at Seaback for days. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I talked to uh, the Sarah Palin, actually, didn't make the cut. and We had a nice exchange. Sarah was much more gracious than, than Mr. Gorka. Um, it's kind of sad. Sarah's kind of in her Uncle Rico phase. Yeah, a what little is she... Bit. So what is she... What does she do at CPAC? Like, what's her proposition at this point? It's unclear. Uh, she was standing outside the anti-ranked choice voting booth, so I don't know if they paid for her to come or if she has some other grift going. But, Hard to know. Well, this uh, but this is interesting. The-
0: As one who has not been to CPAC yeah. and only sees clips of people who speak at CPAC, what you're yeah. what you're describing is that is is it like just like a regular convention where there are exhibits and people standing at booths and stuff? Like, yeah,
3: yeah, it's kind of like a car show downstairs. So there's yeah, like, it's a, like going to the car show. So there's for every yeah, so, culture war issue, there's like a booth. Uh huh. Yeah. So on stage, you have the speakers on stage, and then outside the stage in the hallway, you have media row, mm-hmm. um, which you know back in the old days was like actual media, and now is just like like two dozen different. Maga freak podcasts and live streams and cable newsmax is there and you know the Falun gong network is there epoch times and i you know all it's just uh bannon's podcast so they're all outside um the, the hall uh and that's where i ran into gorka i think he was gonna walk on be a guest on one of these podcasts and i just Kind of wanted to pick his brain about what was happening there. Does and, he have uh, a brain? I think he he, he said yeah he saw I think he saw the troublemaking glimmer in my eye. I don't know, but he 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 wouldn't engage. So anyway, then downstairs from that there is an exhibit hall. Now, like I, the first thing when you walk in is this kind of uh, booth that was that sells like Trumpian golden calves, just a little bit on the nose I think, but you know a lot of Trump Trump paraphernalia, bronze plated, gold plated Trump paraphernalia, and then you kind of just walk around and. Yeah, I mean, there there are every cultural issue has a booth, but there are some, you know, and then this is how they make money, right? There are some, like, mainstream issues that they try to have a booth there to be like, see, we can be conservatives to solve climate change. You know, it's sort of like, how can we maybe try to put a, put a spin on this in a way that might appeal to conservatives, right? So there's some mainstream booths to do that, and then there's a lot of, like, stupid... Like they're hawking products to conservatives, like you know the alternate Google and the alternate, uh, you know Tinder and you know the conservative whatever. Um. So anyway, it was it, it was in that hall that I bumped into Sarah. Got a pretty small crowd around her. Um. You know, when when the lights turn off in the show, uh, sometimes people's star fades. Her star seems to be fading, but she was pretty affable actually. We mm-hmm. we had a, just a little exchange, and she's was doing a, she was trying to do a lot of Tea Party kind of reminiscing with me, you know, kind of like the football star talking about his high school days. Um And, uh, you know, I don't know. She's divorced now, so she's got time on her hands. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, it, it,
0: history, I guess, has been a little kind to her because by comparison to, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, like, she's kind of normal when you stack her up against those two. I mean, this is just my own take. I don't know. You're looking at me like I'm Boy. crazy.
3: I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess stacked up next to those two, but I mean, she's still pretty Looney Tunes, and she was on the vice presidential ticket. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of look at Sarah as, as a little bit of the origin story of this modern wave of MAGA populism. I mean, obviously, I was on a panel in Tucson with like David Korn, who's got a book out, who is kind of like, no, Tim, it goes back to Goldwater and. Sure. I'm sure that there was like a strain of this that that goes back. You could take it back to Calvin Coolidge if you want. I don't know. But, uh, But this modern kind of era where you are blending the reality TV star, the media, you know, the performative element of populism, you know, with the conservative culture war issues. I mean, she basically invented it. I, I I don't think on purpose. I don't you know. I don't think it was like a grand plan. I just think it was, It came natural to her because she was a good performer and she kind of had a reality TV show life and um, and she knew how to play to a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you can imagine this. The sad thing about Palin for me, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this, is that you really can imagine if the incentives were lined up differently. I Palin kind of turning out kind of normal like she didn't have to turn out like this like Mm -hmm. in alaska was culturally conservative no doubt Mm -hmm. but she was kind of she ran kind of as a reformer that's why mccain picked her Mm originally that's right like she ran kind of right she like went against the it was you know what now was like going against the deep state and like all this nonsense was kind of legit like she went against like the corrupted political class there in alaska that had been you know, doling out grift for, for decades upon decades and said, okay, I'm going to clean things up a little bit. I'm going to be a little bit more of a regular mom, you know, that, that, like, you know, knows how to do a budget here in Alaska and look out for Alaskans. And like, had she, had, had she not gotten sucked into the element of, oh, if I go on stage and 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 talk about obama palling around with terrorists everybody laugh everybody cheers the loudest mm-hmm. like had she been able to kind of come in in a different way where she gets molded by mccain it's more of this kind of like reform oriented like kind of the good kind of anti-establishment right like willing to buck the status mm-hmm. quo type like you could have imagined her kind of going down that path but instead you know with the when the lights were on i, I think that she had this her, her and Trump the one thing they have together is they this she had this animal instinct for kind of what the crowd wanted. Yeah. Right? And she could play to their baser instincts. And so I think that part of it is is a little bit is a little bit sad. Yeah. Well, you know, you can put a lipstick on a pig, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, getting back to the booth thing, cuz this this fascinates me. Like yeah. if I think that it's bad to have cat litter boxes in bathrooms and schools, is there like mm-hmm. Kind yep. of a booth where I can go in and like
3: commiserate with other <laughs> anti-cat litter box people, or is it not that extreme? In, yeah, in theory, I, I didn't see any cat litter box, and that's a fake thing, so um uh, which I've written about. So I, I didn't see that particular booth. No, I, I would frame it's, it's a little bit more pathetic than that. I would frame it kind of as more like more pathetic than that. Yeah, well, yeah, but that that comes from a place of like I'm earnestly upset about this, and we're coming together as a grassroots group to like gather up our you know whatever allies to fight the cat litter box thing like what it really is more is like just kind of these sad like republican like money hawking efforts Mm. right you know it's like some guy who's like got an idea for like oh i'll do a credit card and our fees won't go to the woke banks and like if i can just get a certain number of conservatives to sign up for this card then i can make a little money and get a house in the bahamas right like it's a little bit it's much more I don't know, like the monorail man mm. in the Simpsons, you know, kind of thing. Like, uh, then it is like a genuine kind of grassroots thing it was a, the the in a lot of ways, CPAC has sort of lost its energy. I went to the America Fest, which was the Charlie Kirk's group turning point USA's thing in December in Arizona. And that was kind of scary really. And that was like, there was a lot more, I thought, authentic energy there. And, um, and and you felt like there were um there was a little bit of the grifting kind of stuff happening like where you felt like you're at a car show and somebody's trying to sell you you know like a a new fender or whatever but like it was more of what you're talking about people Mm -hmm. that are that were that were starting like maybe like religious like little republican groups you know to have bible study or then or then there were like the the 20 something gals who'd started like a, a lie, an Instagram kind of line of like women who like, you know, they have, they do, they have yoga pants and fellowship. And like, like, there was, it was a lot more, um, it was younger, and it felt like it was a lot more people from real America that had like really bought into all this versus CPAC kind of felt like somebody like a bunch of used car salesmen in the booths a little and, bit.
0: And who who goes to CPAC? Is it just like every Tom, Dick and Harry and his wife that live in the neighborhood and come and travel? And like, is it regular? No, it people? costs three hundred dollars. So it's re- it It's just regular three... people like they're going to the car show.
3: Yeah, it costs three hundred dollars. So like it's real money to actually get a pass. Um you know, no. I mean, so colleges sponsor it. So you get the young, the young Republican types. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you get a decent amount of some regular people who are usually older, kind of empty nesters, like for something to do. Going to sit and watch a bunch of speeches all day long, right? For three days. Uh, but then you really do. I that's, I think that's the difference between CPAC and not like going to a Trump rally is there's some of the Trump rally people there. But there's a lot of like people with an angle. You know, mm-hmm. um, people who have a direct mail firm in DC and are right. trying to get clients, are trying to sell. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's a little bit more of like the, you know, kind of we're at a convention. You know, I'm at the, uh, you know, we're, it's all, it's all, we're all microwave salesmen, and we're all coming to meet together at the Gaylord, and right, like, right. you know, whatever. <laughs> I've been to like conventions at
0: the Gaylord. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so a it's like bit vendors, and yeah, it. so it's more yeah, traditional. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, so
3: that was CPAC, the TPUSA thing in Phoenix. I mean, I, I was blown away, actually, by just how and that crowd was also, you know, there weren't a lot of my age people there, like there were a lot of my peers, parents, like it was mostly like grandparents and teens or early 20s types, right? Um, At, the, at this, tr- at the Turning Point USA conference in December. But there were a lot of that younger cohort. Mm-hmm. And and they were very animated, very excited. There was a little bit of kind of a prom element to it. Like you could tell that afterwards they're going to go out and like kind of get dressed up and maybe, you know, f- find a mate for the life or the evening, uh, depending on their uh, like what their interests were. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to mate and procreate maybe. And, uh, and, and I spoke to a lot of them and I asked the same question to everybody, like, because I was just curious, because you know how... You can just pick up the vibes of people i don't know i was a young republican as you know i, I guess for people who didn't listen to our last podcast I, i'm a former republican mm-hmm. and so i you know the types of kids that went to Rep- college republican stuff in my day back in the aughts were like your michael j fox from uh mm-hmm. from family ties types you know they carried the briefcase and we had the you know we had, wore the blue blazer and like we read god and man at yale and you know and we were nerds right um that were just really into politics um, or economics or whatever this crowd was not that like, it was very, very much felt like a frat and sorority crowd. Um, you know, the, the, the vibe was different. It was much churchier. And, um, and so I was asking them, I asked everybody, like my first question was what animates you, like, why are you here? Like, what are the big issues for you? And I mean, I got t- to a person. It was COVID restrictions They're against. It was CRT, critical race theory, woke stuff, woke stuff on campus. Yes. Did you ask you any know, of them to define was... CRT? Like, like, well, what no, because I was just, yeah, I was just trying to chat with them. Uh, I, we, I did some of that on the circus, but I wasn't trying to do gotchas. I was like really trying to understand why they were there. Right. And, uh, you know, and, yeah, well, they, some of them would say, would explain to me that they don't like the woke stuff on campus, reverse discrimination against white people, like, you know, mm-hmm. affirmative action, et cetera, et cetera. I can't get, I'm not the, I wasn't named the president of this club because they wanted a person of color to be the president of club and not me but i was a better candidate you know that kind of shit Mm -hmm. and um uh then and then there was you know a little bit of churchy stuff right like religious and and christian christianity under attack kind of thing like that was it so if you go back to the old reagan three-legged stool of republicanism was um was you know strong military like you know fighting the commies it was you know taxes and regulations you know, and then the third leg was like social conservatism, which at the time was basically abortion, um, and and gays, I guess. Um, like none of that, it's none of that, right? A little bit abortion, right? Like that's it. Like the uh, the other two legs of the stool. I mean, the, most of that crowd was anti-us helping Ukraine. You know, when I would then ask that, like, aren't you what? But what about like you know taxes and overregulation, red tape? And they're like, sure, yeah, I don't like that. That but, but that wasn't, you know, it wasn't what was what was there. Like this this crowd. The types of young people that now go to MAGA events are totally an- animated by the other new culture war stuff. So it's in. It sounds like a lot of
0: indoctrination into all of the the culture war that, like, which is just totally. out of control. Some
3: indoctrination and some reactionary, yeah. like just being being just anti whatever the other kids on campus are. You know. So on, are, on the
0: circus, are... you 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 were talking with Carrie Lake, yeah. uh, who is just. I find her to be the weirdest human being ever. Like, there's just, it's almost like she's like a hologram. She's not, she's just not like a real, it doesn't look real. And then the way she speaks. kind of intoxicating in a way, it, isn't it? It is. It's so. like watching like a like an avatar or something. Like, it's just yeah. not, she's not re, like a real human. But, you know, she's doing her rigged election thing and you're trying your best to like, you know, get to the heart of that. And and then at the end, she's, she asks you how old you are, right?
3: Yeah. And uh, you wanted, and wanted, she asked me why I dress like I'm 13. And I, you know, and my mother thought it was a good hit. Actually, she was like, you know, Carrie. Carrie made one good point. You do dress like you, know, you do And and uh, <laughs> one of my friends from high school texted, who who was watching the circus, who was like, Little does Carrie know, when you were 13, you dressed like you were 40. <laughs> and so you know, I just I've always That's wanted to zag away awesome. from my, what what yeah what the main uh stream of my group is dressing like, I guess. Yeah, the Carrie thing is interesting. I, I was hoping to get more time with her, and and unfortunately, she just had at CPAC like she was mobbed. Like we, I couldn't pull her away to like get a little bit of private time because we were just—I don't know if you could tell from the video—but we were fully surrounded yes. by by people uh, immediately, and so we couldn't really do what we, we wanted to do. And my plan was, which I told her staff, I was like, look. There are a couple of things we got to ask her, just like, where is she on Trump? Where is she on 2024, MAGA, like the election? But like, I'd like to get into other things too. And so my, my strategy for the interview was, uh, I was just going to do a little small talk at the front, right? And then, and then kind of like ask her, you know, throw a couple softballs and then kind of get into the things we we're going to argue about. And, um, and she wouldn't even do it. Like the small talk at the beginning, I said to her, like my first comment to her, I, I, I i wanted to shower after this i said something nice to carrie lake I first uh, i was like i was like carrie i was like all the gays are wondering about your filter and i just you know could you just give me a little tip like how are you how are you making yourself look like that on 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 video and she like immediately starts yelling at me you know we didn't put this on the show but she was like that's what the like that's what the fake news cares about that's what the lame streaming and i was like carrie no no, I I'll just make. We haven't started the interview yet. I was just making a little small talk, like like we we're just you know like this is how humans like human to human interaction <laughs> you know usually starts with like some pleasantries hey, how right. Are the kids? Hello, how are the kids? Yeah, how are fil- the kids? Right, how's the filter? I have a local sports team. Local sports team, right? Um. So anyway, uh, she she that's like she's just so hardwired and robotic now to be in like I am like a mega fighter and I'm playing this role. She hasn't always been like that. I mean, she was into Kabbalah, and she was into like she took her kids to a pride parade. Someone sent me old pictures. I wanted to ask her about that. I didn't get to it. So anyway, mm. um, she wouldn't she wouldn't do any of that. And so I immediately went into I was like, there's no point in art in yelling at her about the fraud and being like, well, you know, the city council looked into it and the s- judges look into it because she's already done all this right. and like she doesn't care and she's lying, she's gaslighting. So I tried to take a different tack, which was. Just, just, just kind of roll with me here, Carrie. Maybe it wasn't the fraud. Like, maybe you just lost because you told John McCain voters to go to hell. And like, and like, you know, maybe if you tried to broaden your appeal a little bit and reach out to, you know, kind of the softer Republicans, the more moderate Republicans who had, who had won before, who had voted for people before in Arizona in your state, maybe that might have worked. She rejected that that mm. theory uh, it had to be the deep state that did it um but I thought maybe by kind of going in a more of a mocking mm. kind of way um I, I could I could get her off rather than like just doing going straight to screaming at each other but it didn't work she stayed on she screamed at me she made fun of my outfit and then stormed off so when so you're in life.
0: that moment like when I watch those moments as yeah. much as I love them I want I, I always say to myself God, what is Tim thinking right now? Like, he's he's at CPAC, okay? So he's already, like, you know, in IED territory, you know? There are what look, looks like, you know, carry Lake goons standing around. And yep. then you're asking questions, which we all want the answers to. And if I was there, I'd be asking the same exact questions. But I know what would be going on in my head. I'd be like, am I going to get out alive after I ask this question? Like, do you have those moments where you're like, I'm going to ask it, but then I may just have to run. Like, it seems like that's the the environment you're in.
3: Yeah. CPAC is a little, like I said, it's just a little bit, I don't know, the energy there isn't as scary. The carry, like, events. Like, when I did the Bannon interview for the circus, that would carry, like, a vent in kind of ex-urban Phoenix. Mm -hmm. That crowd was a little dicey, and I did feel a little bit, not, not, like, acutely unsafe, You know, but just sort of in the same way that you might feel unsafe if you get caught in the wrong neighborhood at night, you're a little lost, and you're kind of looking around, you're like, I don't know what's happening here, right? Like, I I didn't feel acutely unsafe, I just felt a little uncomfortable and a little unsafe, and I was like, there are some people packing in here, and they don't like me, (laughs) and, you know, I'm not... I'm not scared but I, I don't I'm I'm uncomfortable mm. I felt that way at her events in Arizona and I've never felt that way at events before so mm. I, I do think that's like a palpable change in the type of crowd that that is being drawn to mega events mm. um but even but even then when I'm talking to Steve you just have to um I just get my I, I just like I just do the the uh the thousand mile stare you know, um, that they uh, <laughs> that's, I think, a military term. They teach the military. I've never been in the military, but I learned it for doing cable TV, which is it's just like stare at the camera. It's just like just give it the thousand mile stare and just mm-hmm. like think about that and like just don't like your brain. I just tried to block out because I, I didn't even realize how many people were around us. Actually, we were like when I finished and I looked around, I was like, shit, I need a cigarette. Like I'm surrounded <laughs> by people. Like, I needed I, a I, cigarette I just, watching it. Yeah, I need to walk outside and have a cigarette. But but no, I, I don't when I'm when we're engaged and it's on camera. I'm just like you know I, I just I just focus my brain on here are the things I want to say, like listening to her, like making sure that we're, you know we're uh, connecting with each right. other even if it's a hostile connection, but that like you know that, that we're you know engaged in this in this dialogue and just focus entirely on that.
0: Well, you know you um, literally, she literally proved your point which is probably not what oh, she yeah. intended to do. But the, the part about, like, well, you know, you, 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 the McCain thing, like putting the accountability in a, on her, in that interview, she,
3: you know, she's nasty to you. She's evasive. She does she, it again. She does
0: it again. Right. And, like,
3: and like My point is, like, maybe if you tried to appeal to people, you would have won. Yeah, but instead, but, you can't help yourself but be a bitch.
0: But their strategy is... All of them, their strategy is like, I, I just want to win a primary. Like they it, they don't have the long game in mind because if she had the long game in mind and she wanted to appeal to moderate and independence in Arizona, she wouldn't be mocking the way you look or the way you dress.. Right. So it's like right. you you it's like you threw you cast the rod and you just reeled her in and she thinks she's so freaking smart and she put you down. She owned you that day when I'm yeah. sure when she watched and her people watched it and I'm sure they did, they probably didn't think they actually owned you. I think, you know, amongst themselves, they realized you owned her, which is the beauty of the show yeah. and the beauty of that kind of an interview. And just, you know, that's the, the, the point about the show is to expose people for who they are. And I, and I think you you did that. And then know.
3: they and then she storms off, right? Because it's like you yeah. can't answer, right? At that side. And then that was my final comment, which is like, don't land on that. Come on. Well, she like, thought she was going like, to hurt you. Like, you're going to go, yeah, wait a minute. I actually do dress like. I care I care what you think. I don't. I'm so. Oh, I'm so hurt like, by what your opinion is
0: about my outfit. The next time you see Tim Miller on MSNBC, he's going to be wearing a suit because of what Carrie yeah. Lake did to him. Like, I'm not. That's crazy. And so, the other, you know, were you at Trump Jr.'s speech when he called Fetterman a fucking vegetable?
3: I was. Yeah. I was. Were you
0: shocked, like, even for Jr., or is like, yeah, I expect it.
3: That kind of thing. I wasn't shocked. I, I mean, I, I thought that the gross part of the joke was, um, you know, he says that he should be uh, bagging groceries or whatever. And, um, I, okay, call veteran a vegetable. It's, it's, it's inappropriate. It's it's not politic. It's not a broadening your appeal, as we just discussed. But, like, it's politics, okay? Everybody be a big boy. But, like, it just shows how out of touch these guys are and how and how cruel they are that he's like i've got to insult the downs the people with down syndrome who are bagging groceries as part of this like what do they do you know what i mean like why why are you just like randomly like you know uh, you're spraying fire everywhere to the degree that like you're insulting everybody who is like trying to you know make a life for themselves uh, and again and that is just so i remember in 16 everybody always was like jeb must have gotten very Personally offended by Trump and how he insulted his wife and insulted his family, and insulted his brother, and he did. He got offended. But like the only time I ever saw Jeb like mad, 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 mad was when Trump made fun of Serge kovaleski and like made fun of him for being disabled mm-hmm. when, um on stage, and 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 that just because because that goes to just this mm-hmm. fundamental like what used to be the Republican view for all of any criticism you have of Republican policies, like. The well-intentioned pro-lifers like really did believe that like every life has value every human has value we need to treat life with respect and and, you know and like to then like these guys are the inverse of that right like even if you didn't didn't agree with the policy fallouts of, of that from from what conservatives thought you know would follow that view about every life having value like, I, you know, at least there's something genuine about that. But the, these guys are like, no, fuck you. Like, I, I, any, anybody that I can use and abuse for my own personal benefit is fine. Right. Well, and cruel, like, if it cruelty ins- is. Cruelty is astounding. Yeah, cruel, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you had his, his yeah. girlfriend or his wife or whatever the fuck she is, yeah.
3: Gil, Kimberly. They're Gilf- not engaged wife. yet. It's been a while. It's been kind of, or there's yeah. been a long
0: engagement. I don't know. Yeah. What do you have? It's what kind of problem you have with her, Junior? But she's <laughs> like, you know, it's time to put America first. There's a case. She, she thinks she's hit on something. Like like if I just say something in that cadence, like, you know, the best is yet to get it is so fake and stupid looking because, you know, she's rehearsed this crap. She's rehearsed how she's going to say it when she's going to raise her voice. And it's like, who how does anyone care what this woman has to say? How would you pay 300 bucks to hear her?
3: Well, because she's in the family. Uh, now I got I do I do get a little uh, fun little tidbit for you uh, in the maga in the hallway at CPAC. Uh, so Kimberly has a new podcast. Like you, you guys are in competitive, space, and Andy's podcast please, and Kim's please. And uh, she, uh, uh, I resent somebody, the way you said that. <laughs> she, uh, someone told me that uh, that she had been advised that a good name for the podcast would be, uh, the devil wears maga um podcast which which would have been on the nose kind of funny found cute kim kim rejected that idea and it's just the kim gilfoyle podcast which any of our listeners can go suffer through if they want to and it's just as it'll be just as painful as her speechifying but yeah i mean i, I look there were a lot the whole trump family's eric's wife talked um jesus you know I mean, it was it's like a very cultish thing wasn't it all like half or
0: 40% full like i mean from what i saw it was like nobody in the audience at any of these speeches Really, it's kind of pathetic. I think I had more um, people at my bar mitzvah than than Junior had.
3: Yeah, it was pretty empty. It was pretty. I I, I, I left or Trump, so I I didn't get to see that firsthand. But uh, but it would, but the first two days were pretty empty. And what do you what do you make of you know Mr. I'm your
0: fucking vengeance. I'm your retribution. I'm 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 Terminator. Like what what was happening with that? Like that, that was like the darkest shit he's ever said, and he said some pretty
3: dark shit in the past. I mean that first inauguration was pretty dark, so I don't know. Competitive, he's mad. Uh, is not exactly. Uh, you mean angry mad, breaking, not, not crazy mad, which he is also both. I mean both, but mm-hmm. I, but uh, you know this is not exactly trenchant analysis here, psychological analysis. But look, the guy is like has barely left his his little. Elba there and Mar a Lago with yeah. the Cougars, I and mean, he doesn't leave the house. Right, right. He's upset that that you know people took this from him what he felt like was rightfully his. He's upset that that these people are not grateful and are challenging him. The De and the Haley's of the world. He's upset the media. He's upset that the that the feds are coming for him. Like he's mad. He's a guy. Um, he's a guy that has a lot of grievance built up inside of him. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing that he always had the connection with the base is that a lot of them are feel aggrieved right mm-hmm. and so I, I think that he's trying to lean on that um and 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 I think that there's a little bit of projection happening that everybody's as mad as he is about how he feels like he's been treated um are they I, I just don't know I, I think that's an open question mm-hmm. I, I don't we'll see I I, I I'm not um, I'm open to the possibility that Trump doesn't have the magic anymore and that the and that there, there's going to be a certain core of people who are who that does appeal to this idea of retribution and that are just so consumed by their hatred and their mm-hmm. grievances that and their resentments that that, Trump, that Trump's message appeals. But Trump always an underrated element of Trump's success in 16 is because it didn't land for for people like us. You know like people with high eq that 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 don't think being an asshole is funny and like don't like shock jocks and stuff it didn't it's, it was hard for us to comprehend but for a lot of folks trump had a little bit of a joie de vive about him mm-hmm. you know like there's a little bit of comedy there's a little bit of lightness there was a little bit of okay yeah he can be pretty harsh and he can be a bit of a dick and he can you know have some tough language but so he's also Uncle, the apprentice guy. So, so is Uncle Harry, and we love Uncle Harry. Yeah. You know? yeah, he's also the apprentice. He's got this other side to him, and it's different. Than he's not like, he's not like one of these scolds, one of these like you know evangelical scolds like Ted Cruz. You know, he's like he's in he's from Manhattan, and he's in Home Alone, and right. So like he had he got both. Right. So like mm-hmm. he got the benefit of both. Like the people who loved the grievance and and anger side went with him. The people who like. That wasn't what they liked as much. Like they, they, they liked the humor, and they, you know, they liked the fact that he wasn't quite as hardline and weird as the cruises of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And they, and so he gained kind of both from both camps. I, it'll be interesting to see if he can still summon that second part of himself, well, or if seems, he's just become so consumed by hatred.
0: Well, it seems like he is weakened. It seems like he's a bit of a weakened animal, and and you know, I think there's going to be some indictments flying soon. So like his. His situation isn't getting better where, where it's going to empower him or make him stronger. I think he's going to become very distracted soon in some very big ways. And, uh, I mean, we saw this yesterday with the Manhattan DA likelihood of indictment, uh, indicting him soon. And, but the, the question is, it's not going to impact him getting nominated because the math doesn't change. If there's 10 people running, which there's probably going to be. And the 20 percent or the 30 percent MAGAs still vote for him, he gets the nomination, and then we're still like, the, you know, it. Yeah, I just don't see I don't that change. I agree with that. Well, I don't tell know me if how it changes. That. How does? Where are those 20 or 30 percent of the of the Republican crowd who are diehard MAGAs? Where are they going in the primaries? Are they voting for somebody? No, else? No, they're
3: sticking with him. No, no, they're sticking with him. I mean, I, who knows what his floor is? I, I think his floor is probably in the 20s somewhere. So who's going to pull 20 per, more than 20 percent? santis good uh so here the big middle of this primary is is uh, this is i think another thing that's hard for people to understand who who just are just filled with such loathing of him and or, or people who could see him clearly actually would might be a better way to, to describe this community it's hard, uh, hard to understand but the big swing voter in the republican primary likes trump might be ready to move on that's the key voter in this primary okay um, there's gonna there's a group of only trumpers maybe that's 20 percent. maybe it's 15 maybe it's 30 we'll find out there's a group of people that are like really re- really sick of him that's probably eight percent <laughs> it's very small everyone else you know the other 60 percent like him but are opening to open to hearing other pitches okay um so these are not people that are going to be interested in chris Sanudo, right they're not going to be interested in tim miller and the bulwarks like candidate of choice right like, but if someone can come to them and say, hey, I'm going to give you the MAGA stuff you like, but I'm not going to have quite as much of the baggage, I, I think that that's open. Can Ron DeSantis—now, that's very challenging to do, right? That's a, ve- that's a very tight, tight part to walk. Can Ron DeSantis do that for a full year? Donald Trump—is Donald Trump cunning enough to block him out and to kind of win back some of those? Yeah, I mean, sure. Is he the favorite? Donald Trump's the favorite, of course. But, um, But to win— this primary, he needs to win over people that like him, but aren't so sure that they want him to run again. He needs to win them back into his camp because I, this is not going to be a situation where you can win this primary at 28%. Donald Trump won last time with 40 something percent. And that's what you need. You need to get over 40. Okay. You don't like this notion that like Trump's going to get 28 and DeSantis going to get 25 and Haley's going to get 24. That's not how this works. Like the field narrows and you eventually need to be able to get a plurality. Right? Like that could work for Trump in one state, right? Like in South Carolina or New Hampshire, maybe he wins with thirty or something. Um, but but once you get to the big states, you need to be able to win a plurality a big plurality. And that's true in every presidential primary that we've had in modern times. And so can he I think he could do that, yeah. But I, I don't I, I I think that counting out the fact that someone else could could do it, I think is a mistake.
0: But you see, that's this is kind of the problem with the the high IQ crowd that you and I are in because yeah. we operate we think our default is to operate in the logical right right but the thing about Donald Trump what makes him so special and so successful is that he's not tethered to reality he's not tethered to the truth so let's just envision a debate stage the very first debate stage Ron DeSantis if he runs I'm not so I'm not so sure he's running but let's say he runs He's running. He's going to say something and he's going to go on the offensive and Donald Trump is going to be like, oh, yeah, well, why don't you tell him about that trans guy you had an affair with in high school? And DeSantis is going to stand there like a deer in the headlights like Marco Rubio did and all the others did. And he's going to have to decide in a split second, do I acknowledge and defend this bullshit or do I ignore him or what? And then Trump just stands there and goes, he had an affair with a trans kid in high school. And then the next night, Tucker Carlson is going to be saying, was there a trans kid in high school? And and then all of a sudden, you know, DeSantis becomes Marco Rubio. And he's just like shrunk down to nothing because Donald Trump will say anything, anything. He doesn't care about the truth. He has no shame. It, it doesn't have to be true. It's just when he feels threatened, he lashes out and the other Maybe. people are bullied and they don't know how to fight that. And so DeSantis's career could end on that that very first stage because he's going to prove to the MAGAs that he's not strong, he's not courageous, he's he he dated a trans kid in high school. Like this is how it works with Trump and it's so fucked up that it's hard for people with a half a brain to really understand the landscape he travels in and the landscape that his supporters travel in. The women who wear T-shirts that with an arrow, let's say he can grab my pussy anytime. Like, what world do we live in with this? It's a cult, right? And so it's hard to wrap your head around that kind of cultish mentality and a cult leader. That's I mean, it just that's how I think it could all a cult, goes there's south.
3: There's a cult element to it. There's a cult element to it. And then I think it's questions: question is what do the cult people do if he loses? I look there are a lot of open questions. And I think that could absolutely happen to DeSantis. DeSantis has one thing going for him that Marco Rubio didn't have though, which is that the MAGA's like him. And and so, again, we just don't know. We, we don't have a comp for this, right? Like, Trump, emasculated, embarrassed, dominated. Cruz, Rubio, my boss, Kasich, Rand Paul, you list, you name them, all of them. None of them had any, any real connection to the MAGA base. You know, some of them had their own little niche groups like Cruz had a group of like social conservative weirdos that were like with him till the end but like none of them had any real connection to this Trump mega mix, mm-hmm. which which consists of two people the new people Trump bought in on top of the old Pat Buchanan style Republicans that that never had anybody that represented them that were there was always 20 percent of the party basically so that that gets you about 30 percent, basically the old 20 percent plus the people tr- Trump brought in none of those people didn't like any of the other guys mm-hmm. so they relished the fact that trump was emasculating them if tr- trump starts doing meatball run tiny d that's gonna work for 15 percent of the people that's gonna work for 20 percent. but is there another 20 percent that are like no actually uh-uh fuck you actually a little bit no you're not fuck you but like but like not nah, i don't like that actually you're hurting us like we want to win we've uh you know we've I, th- we don't know right like so the question is this this big this big group that we that like trump believe that there was an election fraud but are, are they really sure it was stolen right like i'm not talking about the 30 the 25% which is way too many people by the way tens of millions of people it's a huge problem but well, let's just put this other problem over in a in a box like the trump cult problem the people who think that he really is a legitimate president and mm-hmm. that you know the lizard people stole the election and hillary eats babies faces and stuff like that i put those people over in a box This next group over, I kind of believe that there was some election chicanery, but I don't know. I mean, was the the Chinese really messed, you know, Hugo Chavez, the voting machine, some of the stuff's a little (laughs) ridiculous, like, right, that group, what do they do when Trump starts trying his alpha dog game on DeSantis? I'm not saying it's not going to work. I'm just saying we don't really really have a comp from 2016, Mm -hmm. and DeSantis has, has one thing that working for him and the way he's done it by the way is pretty gross he's gained a this kind of affection from that group by doing what trump did being cruel to trans kids Mm -hmm. being cruel to refugees Mm -hmm. being cruel to gays right like uh, you know attacking disney because they had a gay kiss in there right like that like that's how DeSantis has done it and so he's built up some credibility there uh, so I, I just I, I i'm I'm a little bit more on the I, i'm I'm excited. I, I'm excited it's the wrong word. I'm am interested. I'm not excited. I wish that they I wish that this would be an Iran Iraq war situation, you know, like, uh, you can't know no sides to root for. But I'm interested to see how that'll wear. and so far, we you know,
0: we see Nikki Haley coming in. Larry Hogan Nothing. said he's not running. DeSantis is a question mark. Some people like yourself think he's going to run. I, I'm not so sure. What about like a, a Mike Pence? And who else do you see who may not be on the radar right now, but could enter in a couple of months and literally gain some traction, like a Glenn Youngkin or somebody else?
3: Like, is there anyone? Does Pence have a no. shot? No. The only person that could do it is someone that is that is Mac. This is a MAGA party. Okay, this is the If you smell like a bush, you know, if just to the, if the vibe, if the vibes you're giving off are this guy might be a little bushy. No chance. Okay, the party's moved on. It's a mega party. They don't hate Glenn Youngkin, they don't hate Nikki Haley, they don't hate Mike Pompeo. They all seem fine, but they're not going to be the number one choice. Okay, no, uh, life. Who knows what happens. You know, could Ron DeSantis poop his pants on stage and Donald Trump go to jail and, you know, then there's this open field for, you know, right? I mean, is there a, so you're saying there's a chance, dumb and dumber possibility that Glenn Youngkid could win? Sure. Like, uh, you know, who the hell knows, right? Like life is contingent, Mm -hmm. but but presuming current, the current environment stays the same, the only person that could disrupt the Trump DeSantis fight as someone else who feels authentically MAGA. And and I just don't know who that is. Like mm-hmm. in a in a different world, if Tucker wasn't going through his own problems at Fox, if Kerry Lake had won in Arizona. I would say, okay, Carrie Lake and Tucker—they feel MAGA, right? Like they could make one of them could do it. Mm-hmm. But Carrie Law—you can't—you can't run after after losing. And and, right. and Tucker has his own problems right now. It doesn't seem like he wants to run anyway. Right. And if he does, now we have got this te- text about how he despises Trump passionately. Right. So, is there someone else, like a Christy gnome, maybe? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe some maybe somebody totally off the radar like that. But to me, it's pretty much a two-man race, barring a really big big shakeup.
0: And just. Mentioning Carrie Lake again, you think she's going to be his his VP,
3: Trump? I don't. Trump is cunning. Okay, he's he's crazy, but he's cunning. I just think that's too cut, too too crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, he really does feel like he's going to need to win. I, I I see more of like an Elise Stefanik. He made a practical choice with Pence, right? And the end of the day, that wasn't who he wanted. He made a deal. You know, he's like, we, I'm going to need the evangelicals. I'm going to make Pence. I think he's going to want somebody more loyal than Pence. But he's going to know he needs to be able to kind of like appeal to some new people. But would she do that? Knowing what we know about least her defining. and how she started,
0: because she wasn't yeah. a, a, a mag. I mean, she was fairly yeah, middle yeah. of the road. Like, would yeah. she tie she would her her rope to to, hit, to that horse?
3: I think so. Really? I don't know for sure, but I think so. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the possibility, all of a sudden, you know, Andy, you put your head on the pillow. You start thinking man joe biden's 82 kamala's not very popular economy electoral college works in our favor all of a sudden i'm the vp trump has a heart attack i'm the president right you just start the 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 visions of sugar plums start man, dancing in dark. your head you know <laughs> i know it's dark i know it's dark but i i'm about inside that next head. time
0: i think about maybe making you my vp like
3: yeah, I'm in. I'm inside her head, and um, and she's she stabbed Liz Cheney in the chest to get this job. She did, and uh, and I and I think I think that. i I'm what not about definitely Liz? Her, is she going to? Is she think somebody run? like her? Is Liz going to run? I don't think I will, I don't believe so. No. I I don't I don't have any inside knowledge on that, but I don't believe so. And my last
0: question I want to ask you about all this Fox stuff. You mentioned Tucker. Like, what is what is happening there? Because they're still doing this shit. Monday night, he's putting out his. You know, his, uh, yeah. his, this is the report from my investigation, and there was no insurrection. That's the conclusion of the report.
3: There was These were sightseers. Yeah. There's a lot of great gossip in there, a lot of stuff we could chat about. And I was joking about how, man, these guys behind the scenes sound like Never Trumpers, which I kind of love. Sounds like the Bulwark podcast when they're in private. But- uh- the 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 one sentence from the one email that really just describes everything is Rupert Murdoch saying it, when he was saying why he's putting Lindell back on TV. It's it's not about red or blue. It's about green, mm-hmm. and it's about green. And that's what and that's really what I that's really just what it comes down to. It's about the money. They need the audience. The audience, in order to avoid losing audience share to all those crazy people i was talking about at cpac all those podcasts all those live streamers i was talking about in order to, lo- to avoid losing audience share to real america's voice and newsmax they they gotta hold the line they gotta hold the line and and and, and maintain the MAGA cult's base because those are people that watch tv all day right like your soft republican who kind of sucked it up and voted for trump but thinks he's kind of crazy and doesn't really think the election was stolen you know, they might watch Brett Bear show or something, or they might flip on Fox when there's news, but they don't sit around and watch 12 hours of Fox today. The people that they're monetizing are the people that sit around and watch 12 hours of Fox today, and they're in the mega cult. Mm-hmm. And so you got to appeal to the mega cult. And if you don't, they will leave you. And they saw that. They saw it all happening before their eyes. That's why, that's what this lawsuit's all about is like they lied about the election because they were losing audience. Like that's the nuts of the lawsuit.
0: But it's pretty clear uh, so- from,
3: from what he did
0: Monday night that they don't really give a shit about this lawsuit. And they don't well, they care give ab- shit about keeping their audience. Yeah. So they you know that the, the real question is not will they lose this suit because it kind of, you know, when you look at malice and intent, it's certainly most texts, I mean it's, from Murdoch on down, it, it's a provable case. But it doesn't seem like they care. So what's going to change? Is anything going to change if they lose that suit? Not maybe no. at OAN or Newsmax or other places that literally could be put out of business if they do the same right. shit. But is anything going to happen to cha- change anything going to change at Fox, which has been poisoning the minds of of people for the last several decades? No,
3: no. And you know how we know because we just tried this after January sixth. There was a moment where Rupert's like, "We're sick of it. We're sick of we're sick of the losing. I'm sick of Trump. We're sick of the crazy." They could have, they could have made a big pivot in 2021 mm-hmm. they could have said hey you know what we're gonna do we have we're taking a little hit with the audience but whatever we're still a big company we're gonna take we're gonna take all these crazy people off the air we're gonna put dana perino in prime time or you know we're gonna put one of our more normal people you know in the tucker slot or the laura slot and and you know we're gonna chill out a little bit and you know bring back the shep smith show or you know what i mean like we're gonna make a pivot to try to appeal to more center right people and kind of like take a little bit of an audience hit and but but like it's gotten too crazy it's gotten too out of hand we're too exposed they did the opposite they did the opposite they fucking doubled down on crazy right and they, they pulled off lou Dobbs who was doing the north korea show you know okay so they they, they pulled off the one most craziest person but then they their primetime lineup is as crazy as ever. Yeah. The Fox and Friends is as crazy as ever. They've cut a lot of their news people from the middle of the day. And they're doing more commentary. They've got gut it. You know what I mean? So we we know what they're gonna do. We saw we've seen it. So I think they'll just take the hit and and keep on chugging. Well, we'll leave on that optimistic note. Yeah, hey. I'm here. <laughs> I'm I'm just here to brighten everybody's day. <laughs> well,
0: thanks. You you've been generous again with your time. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Hope you come back again. And uh, you know, let's Let's pray that things change because some of this stuff is just ridiculous.
3: So thanks for coming Andy, on. thanks, brother. I appreciate you so much. All right. Likewise.
0: That's episode 50. If you like what you've been hearing, and even if you don't, let us know. We appreciate the feedback. You can leave us a message at 845-307-7446. Email us at backroomandy at gmail.com or tweet to me at Andy Ostroi. And when you listen, please take a quick moment to rate and review. It's very helpful. I want to thank my co-producer, engineer, and editor, Maddie Rosenberg, associate producer, Jan Hamoud, Cricket Langell for our artwork, Andy Hollander for our kick-ass music, Patricia Wynn and the Epicurean for the Backroom Studio. And a big thank you again to our guest, Tim Miller. So keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Have a great week.